0: He who fights monsters should look to it that he himself does not become a monster. I am on the unfettered pursuit of truth. I'm Kayla Perry, and this is Honestly Unorthodox. Hello, everybody. We are back, and you won't even probably know if it's me talking or if it's the AI version of myself or... Dylan, is this you or is this AI? Who is to say? Not me. Not me. Not me either. I put in a a prompt on chat GPT that said, give me a 100 word bio about Kayla Perry, a behavior analyst in Mm -hmm. Illinois. (laughs) And it within 10 seconds gave me a 100 word bio. Some of it was accurate, but other parts were freaky. Like it included in there my what it thought my hobbies were like spending time with dogs and uh, we have cats. So that, that wasn't accurate at all.
1: Now that's weird.
0: Very thoughtful response, Dylan. (laughs) Okay. Me and Dylan are going to, we've allowed chat GPT to determine what we are talking about for today's episode. Chat GPT Uh, I I put in the prompt to, hey, chat GPT, give me controversial topics of discussion to talk about on a podcast. And this is across several domains. So the domains that I put in were related to mental illness, uh, parenting, children in general, babies, religion, Dylan, we'll have a field day with that one. Mm -hmm. Food, psychedelic drugs, psychiatry, and university settings. Anything that you want to start with, Dylan, or should we just allow ChatGPT to tell us which one to start with?
1: Yeah, jump in. Jump right
0: in, both feet. Okay, we'll start with mental illness because my bias uh, loves that one the most. This is one question by ChatGPT is the involuntary hospitalization of individuals with mental illness ethical is the involuntary hospitalization of individuals with mental illness ethical so i've i've heard some situations where people will call the suicide hotline and if they're suicidal and they express to the person on the other end of the line that they are suicidal and the person evaluates that they're a harm to themselves. Then the, then they'll send police and you know, the the ambulance over to the house to pick you up to place you in a 72 hour psych hold. I think that occurs in Illinois. I know it's different state by state. I, I don't know about the word ethical,
1: well, what's your definition of ethical?
0: Google says that ethical means relating to moral principles or the branch of knowledge dealing with these. So I I guess, could we say that moral is a synonym or a fair comparison to make? I, I don't know. See, that's the thing is if someone is severely mentally ill and they are at If they're at risk of harming themselves or other people, then, and they would likely refuse treatment, then I think it depends on what they want for themselves. And then that leads to the question: do they have, are they in the right state of mind, of sound mind, to decide what they need or want for themselves? Or is this more an attempt to protect other people, like the Tarasov rule? Or the Tarasoff principle or, or whatever that was. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, yes, I heard about that. But asking what's ethical to somebody who, what we would consider mentally ill, mm-hmm. do they think that they're mentally ill? And yeah. what's their version of ethical? You know, they might say like, hey, this is okay for me. Why does it bother you?
0: Right. Right. Was that it's the a, case in that movie, The Fisher King, with Robin Williams? Did he refuse treatment, or did was he just so far detached from reality that he didn't know he was? Well,
1: it's what he experienced in that movie that he was okay living how he lived
0: in, in homeless and and kind of living out all of his his delusions, and he
1: was okay with that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I another these questions, I'm actually surprised how thought provoking they all are, because a lot of them, I don't really know that there's a clear answer to a lot of these. So if it, I guess, protects other people in putting someone with severe mental illness in an involuntary psych hold, um, I guess that could be argued that it is moral and ethical But then what what is a three-day psych hold going to do? Are we just going to put them back on the street where we found them for this to happen every three days? That's that's the side of it where, you know, does that kind of negate putting them there in the first place?
1: Or do they think it's fair?
0: Or do they think it's fair? It might not be moral to those people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that. I mean, not being a three-day psych hold, but having... Uh, students be put in a three day psych hold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't think they would say, like, well, yeah, thank you for doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But would they be upset on that same token then if they can't, if they don't have the intellectual capacity to understand, hey, thank you for saving my life? Do they have the intellectual capacity to get upset well, that you, they're there?
1: You brought up saving my life. That's yeah. not what we're talking about.
0: Well, wouldn't that be a reason to put someone in a psych hold, saving their life or the lives of others?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess. But you would have to ask them, like, do you want to be here? Are you voluntarily being put in here?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the question said involuntary. So, yeah, that's a tough one to answer. Okay. Next up on ChatGPT. Should individuals with mental illness have access to assisted suicide?
1: So uh, what, what are we saying? or What's assisted suicide? Assisted so, suicide
0: me. is like physician-assisted suicide where you can request I, that you want to put an end to your life, and they will usually give you that lethal dose. Of,
1: I, I know what it is. But, uh-huh. Um, why just mentally ill people?
0: Well, this was ChatGPT's questions in the realm of
1: mental well, illness. I'd like to get that person on the horn.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? ChatGPT will tell you, I am an AI model. Yeah. I do not have feelings, which is um, total bullshit because it was created by a human.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, back to the question. Should individuals with mental illness have access to assisted suicide? Yes. Why? Why not? Can you elaborate?
1: Um. If you don't want to be here and uh, you go through doors of making it, I don't know, uh, legal, Mm -hmm. um, why not? Like, if you don't want to be here and there are ways that you cannot be here, why would you deny that? Yeah. If a person, again, of sound mind, you know we we've heard about Kevorkian terminal illness. Mm-hmm. I'm in pain. I don't want to be here. Right. I mean, why not?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that those with mental illness should have access to it. I think there should be some preliminary, I guess, I don't know if that would involve an interview or like a, a set amount of therapy sessions or I don't know. I don't know. There would have to be some sort of preliminary measure in place to identify if these people are of sound mind, because for those that are so severely mentally ill, I'm thinking about the very severely schizophrenic person who, you know, on Monday thinks that they're Harry Potter. And then an hour later, they believe that they, everyone that they love has been replaced with, you know, like a Nazi soldier. Like these are very real situations that people with mental illness deal with. And I I would hate to see someone in the name of giving them autonomy and agency, I would hate to see someone kill themselves based on a delusion alone.
1: Well, I mean, there is suicide by a cop where people Right, you know, um, they want to be killed. They want to be shot, so they pull a gun on a police officer and Right. The officer shoots him and that's it.
0: Lights yeah. Out. Yeah. That God, that has to be a horrible way to go. And if there was the option to, if, if there was the option of assisted suicide, I'm assuming these people wouldn't probably go the route of suicide by cop.
1: Isn't that assisted?
0: That's a good point. I. Wow. We're zero for two, huh? Because these are just hard to answer. Okay. Let's move to a different realm. We'll get back to the mental illness questions in a little bit. I kind of want to keep this randomized. This is an interesting one. Dylan, this will be I'll need your insight for this since since you're a dad. Okay. Is it ethical to use genetic engineering to create designer babies with certain traits?
1: I think that's like you're playing with God and mm. I don't necessarily think it's unethical but it's just more weird. Yeah. Um, so no.
0: So if we swapped it's, it's, out
1: it's not ethical.
0: If we swapped out the word ethical and I phrased this as is it morally acceptable to use genetic engineering to make a designer baby would that change your mind at all?
1: Um no <laughs> because it depends on how old you are, where you live, if you know, is there something within your DNA that uh, so you're predisposed to cancer? Um, I mean those are things that I think parents are concerned with um, but no I I don't think it's moral either.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. I think and I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I have no interest in being a parent. Never in my life have I ever considered being a parent. I joke frequently on this podcast and elsewhere that I have zero maternal instincts. So I don't know that my version of, or or my understanding of the motivation to be a parent is correct, but going based off of you and friends that I have that are parents, I don't know that If you're going that far out of your way to create a designer baby so that it has specific traits, I mean, go to the American Girl doll store. Because doesn't that take away from the purpose of parenthood? I mean, isn't, isn't parenthood having to do in some sense with the unconditional love and support of your child and... But, watching them grow into uh, go ahead
1: no 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 finish
0: no yeah. uh, watching them grow into an adult and, and being there to uh, to assist them along the way because you are the parent and that's your job and if you are only available as a parent to a child that you have I guess uh, artificially designed
1: yeah that and,
0: seems really odd
1: and that's what being a parent is it's like you don't you don't get the choice it's not like buying a car like oh I don't want blue. I want... uh, I don't want the Jaguar. Yeah, no. I'll take the Porsche. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Under 30,000 miles. And then the price. And then you shop. Like, no. Being a parent, you're not shopping for kids.
0: Right. Uh, That's a great way. That's weird. That's a great way to put it.
1: you can adopt as well. Um, I was adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no. This is what you're handed. And you just kind of have to deal with it like taking a new job and working with uh certain people um
0: yeah i mean how often in life outside of maybe clothing and food and cars outside of things that are (laughs) objects without feelings and capacity to to be alive like inanimate objects we don't we don't really get a choice to design things down to the eyelash or the eye color or, you know, uh, the personality. So
1: I yeah, think, and I, and I think, you know, essentially like me, I, only, I have one son, he's going to be 22. And it's kind of nice to see what he has from me. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't easy, Yeah, but you know, yeah, I don't. That's not fair to to choose. Yeah, for a child.
0: Yeah. While we're on the topic of children and parenting, should parents be required to obtain a license to have children? No. No. Interesting. Um. Okay. Tell me why, and then I'll I'll tell you why I'm surprised by that answer. Well, why don't you start? OK, um, I do think that it's a little bit authoritarian to, you know, every time you want to have a kid, it is similar to filling out a job application. I think that's weird. I don't think that showing um, some proof of some sort of something um, like a resume or social standing or sal- maybe salary would be important. I think that the license to have children, it might be helpful to be able to prove in some capacity that you have the basic, uh, that you're able to provide the uh, basic support that a child would need. So if you're um, you know cr- addicted to crack and you're living on the street and you can't afford birth control or you don't have insurance and you got pregnant v- via prostitution, um, I... <laughs> I don't know. Are are the, what will become of that child?
1: So, who comes up with those tests?
0: That's that's the whole thing. Is like wh- who would who would be the arbiter of what basic support looks like? That's um, why I
1: think it's yeah. It, it's it would be too hard, and <laughs> it would be too hard to come up with those tests. Uh, so. If you have a child, I mean that's your responsibility. Now, how would you know if you're capable of having a child if you've never had a child or you don't know what it's like to be, you know, a mother or a father? Yeah, you you have to be given at least a a a chance. Yeah. Um, Um, and I'm sure that there's studies out there that, Hey, you know what? Somebody was on the wrong path. They had a child and that got them back on the right path. So there's that. There's that as well.
0: It does have the capacity to, for lack of a better word, heal, I guess. And it's also another question that would come out of this is if you have to have a license to have children, what, how would it be handled for the people that, get pregnant without this parental license who would enforce this uh you know if you're starting to have contractions and you're literally going into labor and you haven't been granted this license to have children if you show up at the hospital like then what will happen what yeah. will happen to the baby
1: yeah uh, that's a, that's a great point and another point is you know i was in the personal training world for a little bit mm-hmm I didn't need a license to be a personal trainer. But you need a license to cut hair.
0: And you need the license to be a behavior analyst or a social worker or so whatever So what does else. a
1: license actually do?
0: Well, I could... Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue um, these days as it pertains to behavior analysis. So oh, yeah. anyway, moving on. Let's move on to a different realm, religion. This is something Dylan is fascinated by. As someone who uh, grew up in a home that, uh, whose mother was a Jehovah's Witness. She uh, still is. She still is a Jehovah's Witness. That's right. Dylan uh, left. Left? Or you were not granted? How do you phrase
1: that? Um, yeah, I wasn't granted permission to be a Jehovah's Witness, uh, but it heads with my mother. And here I am today talking with you about these wow. five topics.
0: What a world. Okay. One of chat GPT's questions about religion. Should individuals be allowed to wear religious garb or symbols such as headscarves, hijabs, yarmulkes, etc., in the workplace? Yes. Completely yes.
1: 100%.
0: I would wonder if it's, is it even legal to tell someone that you can't wear a uh, something like a hijab in a workplace?
1: I don't know. I would think if anyone with sense and compassion and empathy would not have an issue with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Let's play devil's advocate with this one. What would be a reason why people might feel uncomfortable?
1: If that particular individual was shoving their religion and their viewpoints down your throat on mm. a, all day long.
0: That's a great point. And a lot of the work we do, I mean, Dylan Dylan and I worked together at a company uh, that was run by a Muslim woman and 90% of the staff and clientele were Muslim. And we were one of the few that didn't, you know, I was one of the few women there that didn't wear a hijab, that didn't speak Arabic, that didn't speak Urdu or anything like that. And Dylan, um, obviously the same goes for him. Although men in Muslim religion don't typically wear any sort of garb. We've, we've both seen fathers in, in that religion wear a specific.
1: Yeah. Outfit. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't know about you, Dylan, but I was never, I never really had any sort of, you know, Islamic religion shoved down my throat at that company. I I learned a lot about it, which was very informative
1: and insightful. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's what's fascinating to me is the culture that surrounds the the religion, Mm uh, and vice versa. So I have no problem. Um, I think there's a stereotype, um, of, of people that, may see something, you know, like if they, if somebody's wearing a hijab or, um, uh, God, I don't know that they might roll their eyes like, Oh God. But yeah, I, I don't think that it should be, I, it, it should be okay. Cause this is who you are, where you came from, how you were raised. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a free country. I think that uh, if there were no attempts to try to not even convert people to your religion, (laughs) but just lecture people on your religion, if there were no attempts at that, I, I have a really hard time coming up with any reason why someone would not be okay with another person wearing their
1: native religion garb. There wouldn't be because I have never experienced any religion or culture that has tried to persuade me mm-hmm. or convert me other than Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. Same. That's it.
0: I don't think that happens as frequently and they, as it's made And they don't
1: have to wear anything other than a, a suit and a tie. Right. And you know. <laughs> they they ring your doorbell mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah.
0: You have to army crawl across the floor so that they don't detect any movement. <laughs> That's right. Get down, mom. <laughs> okay. While we're on this topic, the next question, should individuals be allowed to refuse service to others based on their religious beliefs? No. I a hundred percent agree. And I, cause I'm going to give the example that we talked about the other day. Um, somewhere where I've worked before, there was a staff member who was uh, Palestinian and she was told throughout an email chain that she would be working with um, an Israeli staff member. And she said, I don't feel comfortable with that mm-hmm. because of the whole Palestine versus Israel ongoing battle. I, My knee-jerk reaction is to say that's absolutely ridiculous, considering it's likely that the both of them did absolutely nothing to each other personally. However, I also understand that people carry with them very deep connections to their culture and I guess what they phrase as their people or their community. So that could be uncomfortable but being uncomfortable also isn't a reason to refuse to work with someone because of their religious
1: background is is it because they're uncomfortable or is it is there a legitimate like hatred Mm. for that person
0: yeah so does it go deeper than discomfort
1: right and where do they learn that like why are you uncomfortable Right. people like that. Well, in or this... A person.
0: Yeah, like in this case, she, they didn't know each other, so she couldn't possibly have hated her. She just hates the idea that she was Israeli.
1: Well, isn't... The, yeah. Like, it,
0: like she doesn't <laughs> hate her on a personal level, so that makes it... I mean, I guess, wouldn't that be the definition of being bigoted?
1: Yeah, but 100%. Yes. And did you... I'm sorry. Was this a medical...
0: This was therapy. Yeah,
1: oh, therapy. Okay. Yeah, aren't isn't there like a code of ethics? Yes, that you should not be that way. I mm-hmm. guess in layman's terms, and yeah. she chose to not provide services just because of a certain
0: religious.
1: or a different yeah. different religious belief. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's not that's not cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, moving on from religion for now, let's move into, ooh, I love this one. This is what I'm going to be um, asking. One of the questions I'm going to be asking my students for their final debate today. Is it ethical for psychiatrists to use placebos as treatment for mental illness, or does this violate patients' trust and autonomy?
1: I think it's ethical.
0: I think it's ethical for a few reasons. One, placebos are insanely effective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I mean, I was telling you this the other day when mm-hmm. I felt like I was about to have a panic attack. I reached for my purse knowing my clonopin was in there. And even just reaching for it, I felt like a lot of my symptoms already started to subside. So the mind plays this huge role in our symptoms. That being said, things like severe schizophrenia or bipolar, those are things that they really don't. in yeah. largely they don't end up. Well, there aren't positive outcomes if you don't take medication for them. Yeah. So I think for mental illnesses that are not severe and have not been reported to um, require medication for a, any sort of quality of life, I think a placebo is, they should be used more often, I think. it's I a think. good place to start. I think so too, instead of just yeah. going straight to medication.
1: Yeah.
0: That's so interesting. But okay, again, devil's advocate mm-hmm. side. In what ways might this va- violate a patient's trust?
1: Um. I don't think it violates it. I think, if anything, they should question it. Wait, well, what am I? What am I exactly getting? And I think people question the medica- medication in general. Like, why are you giving me this? Um,
0: right, but it, with a placebo, you're required to not disclose what you're giving. That's kind of that's the only way that a placebo could no, work. Yeah, no, I understand
1: that, but I think that if you think that you're getting something. Um, there might be people that, um, ask, well, wh- what are you giving me? You're not going to say I'm giving you a sugar pill.
0: Right. They're, <laughs> they're
1: just going to, they're going to trust you. Um, but yeah, so I don't think it violates, um, any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, I think it's absolutely ethical. I think it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then possibly be discussed after a certain amount of time that they've been taking mm-hmm. this placebo I think that would be yeah a great conversation
0: yeah those were the studies that were um you could, I could find them on youtube and possibly link them in the the show notes here but Uh, there were a few studies where they did give people sugar pills and then all of them kind of stood at this podium. It looked very much like an AA type of setting and they all reported, I just, I feel so much more energetic and lighter. And then after everybody shared how great they felt, that's when the experimenters went in, crashed the party and said, you actually took a sugar pill. And they all talked about, wow, I, I, I felt it, though. I felt different. My body felt different. It's like, well, it
1: it's mental. It's
0: mental. And that's there's a lot to be said about that, too, though, because your mind releases oxytocin and serotonin and other things without any sort of medical yeah. intervention, um, especially now with so many people being prescribed SSRIs, and there's no evidence showing any long-term positive effects from SSRIs. I mean, that was always supposed to be a short-term intervention, and we're seeing a lot of primarily women now on these drugs for, you know, 3, 5, 10, 15 years, and we don't even know that they work for that long. Mm-hmm. And then th- there's a lot to be said, too, about you know, all mental illness. So something like ADHD. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no. I-
0: I think anyone with common sense knows that when you take something for long enough, you build a tolerance to it. So you're going to need to continue to up the dosage. You can't just keep upping a dose because what's the dose going to look like at like a lethal level? I mean, at at what point do we say or, or do practitioners who prescribe medication say, I think it's time that you need to uh you know use some sort of therapeutic techniques or behavioral modification in tandem with medication because medication is a short-term solution
1: but they will take it their whole life yeah because have,
0: psychiatrists continue to well, prescribe it well,
1: okay so you're talking <clears throat> specifically about mental illness I'm talking about medication in general Somebody, yeah you know with diabetes, uh, they're gonna need that. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. there's many variables medication and uh placebos. Um, but I think that would be you know, you need to find those um conversations about um having this group of people mm-hmm. that were supposedly on the same medication mm-hmm. and then. Oh, they all feel great. Like, oh well, you didn't actually get it, but you did. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to hear. Yeah, like a that. double blind,
0: yeah. a double blind study.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Okay, next question from Chat GPT: Should the government provide safe injection sites where drug users can use drugs under medical supervision?
1: Don't they already do that?
0: Um, I think they meant illegal drugs. So they would provide a place where they give you a clean needle, a cotton ball with an alcohol swab so you could clean off your vein. (laughs) Um, You know, I guess, what do they call it? Pure heroin. And they let you, they give you a cot, basically. So you can shoot up in a safe place. You're not using a bloody, used, rusted, whatever, needle Um, They give you a spoon. I've seen these sites. They literally provide you with everything that you would need to shoot up heroin. And I guess the rationale is, well, instead of risking you getting AIDS or overdosing uh, under a bridge, just come here and get high.
1: Um, Then why are we fighting against drugs?
0: The war on drugs, (laughs) right? Yeah, and this was, you know, I don't I've talked very almost daily for the last week. So sorry if this is getting repetitive, guys, but the uh, the episode of honestly with Barry Weiss um regarding God, what is that the writer's name? Jonathan Rosen. He wrote a book about Michael Lauder who was severely schizophrenic. He got into Yale. Everyone thought he was this spectacle who overcame his invisible handicap of schizophrenia. And people actually were so concerned with autonomy and letting him make his own choices and be independent that they left him alone, unmedicated, and he ended up killing his pregnant wife. And- stuff like that where we're not looking at the problem because we're obsessively in pursuit of making sure that people who actually need help are super independent and they're neurodivergent and they can make their own choices some people cannot and a person and this is on behalf of my brother i think about if my brother was still here my brother could not make a single choice about responsible heroin use If he did, would it be argued that he was still alive? Like, I I just, I can't understand how something like this would make any sense.
1: I think that up until the time that he passed away, he was making, you know, I'm not saying that using heroin or drugs in general is is smart, Mm -hmm. but it was only up until that last dose where it became irresponsible. And I know that sounds weird. Mm. But um,
0: I don't know that I agree with that.
1: Well, there's people that, you know, if you're talking about drugs, um, there are people that have done, uh, let's say, cocaine or heroin for the first time and they die. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that do heroin and cocaine for 70 years. Mm -hmm. And and, they're still kicking. And and they're still shooting. Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah.
0: So I have a question then. Mm hmm. He had OD'd I think 5 or 6 times before his last overdose and death. Mm-hmm. How do we how would that be considered responsible compared to his final?
1: Well, I I shoot up? Yeah, yeah, I don't know that they're I mean using that term, I guess since I used it mm-hmm. loosely, um using drugs that is irresponsible. Mm-hmm. However, Um, a lot of people are addicted to prescription drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that question because we're all different. Yeah. We're all our own special snowflake and, um, things are metabolized differently, Mm -hmm. um, with each person. So, yeah, I don't know what's responsible and what's not, I guess if you die, it's irresponsible. But it's irresponsible in general, um, I think, to think that you can shoot up, whatever. Um, I don't think that <laughs> the government should give you what it, this would be, what, like a glorified crack house? Basically, uh, yeah, yeah. No,
0: I, Yeah, I don't see how that necessarily... I don't know
1: how that works. I get it if somebody's got a problem, but that's just, you know... I think that's just going to give an excuse for people to continue or people who haven't tried like, oh, wow, this cool. I get to go to the mm-hmm. the W and shoot up. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. When it's stated like that, it seems a little almost kind of silly. Okay. Let's move into, let's move into education for a second here. Is it ethical to teach creation in schools alongside or even in place of evolution.
1: Yeah. You got to have both.
0: Yeah. You need two perspectives at least on every issue. uh, I think
1: witnesses do not believe in evolution. We were taught creation Mm -hmm. and I think it's fascinating. Now, when I took my evolution class, when I was at Elmhurst college, um, we didn't use the word evolution. We used adaptation. Mm. Um, and if you put, I don't even remember the name of the the all the continents together. What was the name of the one? Oh, bond? Pangea. Yeah, yeah. You can match them <laughs> like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I just think it's more thought provoking to think along both trains of thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So just thinking about like, oh, this pencil. How could a pencil just evolve?
0: Right. Yeah. And that's a great thought experiment to teach children from a young age, how to understand things from multiple perspectives, especially now, I think that would be wildly helpful now. So that when kids get into college, they are engaging across multiple viewpoints versus, you know, getting upset and needing a trigger warning because they heard something that they don't like. Yeah. Okay. These are questions related to neurodiversity and neurodivergence. And I think those, these will be very helpful to hear from you because you're pretty far removed from all of this stuff. So I'm just going to ask. And if you need clarification on any of these terms, then have at it. You ready? Are you talking to me? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm ready.
0: Okay. Should neurodiversity be considered a form of diversity or a medical condition?
1: um no (laughs) (laughs) that covers all the bases
0: uh, okay i'm gonna i
1: I don't think it's a medical condition
0: definitely not
1: yeah because nobody
0: even knows what the fuck neurodiversity is
1: yeah i mean you get different definitions i think from depending on who you talk to
0: And with self diagnosis being apparently an acceptable thing now and someone's quote unquote lived experience standing, um, you know, or holding as much weight as, you know, science there, there's no way to make something like neurodiversity a medical condition.
1: But you can make, yeah, uh, you (laughs) you can make anything a medical condition these days.
0: Yeah. You're not kidding. Okay. Next question. Thank you. Chat GPT should neurodivergent individuals be accommodated in the workplace and educational settings?
1: Aren't they already?
0: (laughs) That's the whole thing about this movement is, you know, we see people freaking opining and belly aching over. We just want the same rights as everybody else. You have the same exact rights as everybody else. I literally have never worked anywhere in my life where I have seen someone who might say, you know what? I'm having a really hard time reading this. Can I get an
1: extension? Who was this person writing these questions? This is
0: ChatGPT, <laughs> but we could assume that these are millennials. I was going to say, these seem are like
1: 29-year-old, st- <laughs> sorry people, 29-year-old <laughs> Yes,
0: these are straight up millennial questions. woke ass questions. Yes, they are. This is, and this is one of the things about Chat GPT too. Is you know people, oh my gosh, it's not biased. It was sourced entirely from millions upon millions of human beings who are fallible, biased people, and that includes me and you. I'm not saying it's only you know a certain subset of people. Well, I'm unbiased.
1: So is that a medical condition?
0: That's Do you have unbiased syndrome? I have unbiased
1: syndrome. How do you treat that? Um, I don't give a shit. You just- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. we could just. You know what? We'll will plug you into um, Yale, and then you'll Yale. you'll you'll adopt a bunch of biases in no time.
1: All right.
0: Okay. So to answer the question, should neurodivergent individuals be, or no, no, sorry, wrong one. Should neurodivergent individuals be accommodated in the workplace and educational settings? Mm -hmm. I believe that they already are. But if in in the sense that let's assume and, and indulge this question, say that they're not, you would have to, one, be able to actually describe to someone how your neurodivergence is interfering with your ability to work. And two be ready to accept no because that's life and three if you are going to ask to be accommodated make the accommodations reasonable can i bring my emotional support you know 120 pound staffy to work with me because i get anxious sometimes around deadlines not reasonable
1: (laughs) well in your world and in my world but it probably exists.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there yeah. was a letter that I showed to my kids where a woman, all she did, she didn't even uh, put in it a specific psychiatric diagnosis. All she put was, I have a DSM-5 psychiatric oh, disorder. Jesus. And she asked for a an emotional support turtle, and they allowed her to carry a turtle with her to class and just have this turtle be on her desk I mean, that's all it takes now is to use use all of the words like psychiatric disorder, mental illness, <clears throat> burnout, lived experience.
1: So she gets to take just or carry this turtle around with her
0: to class and to work. Yeah. Okay.
1: So what's her? Are they taking data on her productivity after she carries the turtle versus not carrying? Probably the turtle? not. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. There you so go. So there's
0: there's no way to measure is this turtle actually is of support gray? to you or yeah. are you just being a whiny little shit or you're nuts yeah <laughs> that's ableist <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> isn't that a new religion
0: <laughs> it basically is it basically is okay do you want more neurodivergent questions dylan or do you want other things
1: do whatever you want i'm unbiased
0: um let's see
1: Ch-ch-ch-ch.
0: Oh, you know what? Let's do the one that we're going to do today for one of the questions for my kids. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. Doesn't really have to do with mental illness, but more about self, I guess, betterment and health. Oh, God. Um, self
1: improvement.
0: Mm hmm. Should food labeling be more stringent to provide consumers with more information about the origin, production, and ingredients of their food?
1: Only if they make the font bigger so that we can read it. The- <laughs> <laughs> How's that?
0: Yeah, make sure that it's not as small as Braille, so that people <laughs> yes. will
1: actually take the time. Well, Braille's not small, but it's like you're trying to read, and like, oh, and that's just that comes with age. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think at this, I think when you reach a certain age, you pretty much know um, all the crap that is put in your food.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but being in the fitness field for for so long, I know what uh, serving sizes are, and I think that's the the misconception is that somebody will grab a bag of potato chips and say like oh there's only 130 calories in this bag uh but there's like 30 servings yeah uh so i don't know
0: you remember those um 100 calorie packs and then people would eat like seven of them but they feel good about it because it's 100 calories only yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of silly so i mean stuff like this oh, yeah. uh, at the end of the day no matter what you put on Food. So mm-hmm. if you if you included more information about the origin and the disturbing way, especially things like oh, meat are oh, are God. made and poultry yes. and whatever, yes. that would still rest on the assumption that people are going to read it. I mean, so so without that. Um, I don't see a whole lot of change being made. A lot of us already know, to in a very broad sense, said, yes. that food is made in a very disturbing it, or, way. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think once you reach a certain age, you, it, I'm assuming that you have that conception. You yeah. Know? And if there's, if you can count more than five ingredients, it's not real. Yeah. That's okay. That's it. But I love ranch dressing. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I do, too. Okay,
0: Okay, let's do a couple more here. Let's finish this with a bang. Okay, this is a good one. Is it moral to have children when the world is facing overpopulation and environmental issues?
1: This is a legitimate question. This is, you know... No, I I know. No, I mean, this is from... People have asked that for centuries, I think. At least for 50 years.
0: Yeah, like there's just too many goddamn people.
1: (laughs) Well, it depends on where you live, you know? True, true. in the middle of Iowa, there's no one. Yeah. So have your children there. Relatively Um, no one.
0: Yeah, well, okay, but Uh, that
1: doesn't... I know. I'm (laughs) just using that as an example. Um, I don't think... um, Having children is immoral. I think, you know, it's moral to have kids. What's immoral is um, either giving them away because they're not a certain gender or aborting um, because of a certain condition that you can find out in utero.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So. If you, yeah. If you. I don't know.
0: Yeah, play
1: around, I, and you know, you have a child, you you gotta figure it out. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be. I don't know that, especially people that do want children. I can't imagine that it would be a a strong enough argument for people who want to have kids to say, you know, what the world is already so overpopulated, let's not add to it. It's just It seems a little ridiculous, but the world is, is the world overpopulated, do you think? No. No? How would we decide if I, it was overpopulated or not, do you think?
1: If you get in your car, then you actually can't go anywhere from your driveway.
0: Because there's just so many
1: cars and people like everybody. It's just a huge parking lot for the rest of your life.
0: Okay. So I'm going to contrast this with an issue that is very, um, that that's a huge problem in our field right now. We can't, we can't supply the demand. There are so many people, whether they're disabled or mentally ill, there are so many people that need help and there will never, ever be enough practitioners to help them. I mean, is that a form of an overpopulation issue? Would we have the same problem if the, the, you know, the America's population, what, how many people are in America? Like 330 million? I guess. If we had a hundred million, would we be seeing so many issues with getting people in for treatment? Do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I think that would still be a problem. Yeah. Because even, so let's just say hypothetically, I don't know what the the count is, but if you have 300 million people and how many people are actually taking care of the ones that you mentioned, if that number was, if the population was 100 million, you would probably have less people that are able to contend with certain... uh, illnesses and ailments so i don't think it would make any difference does that make sense i don't know yeah okay yeah
0: no. yeah okay i'm gonna ask chat gpt for one let's do like a funny question from chat gpt
1: why don't you ask who's the greatest comedian of all time
0: oh that's a good one <laughs> will chat gpt answer let's see who is the greatest comedian of all time the answer to this question is highly subjective and varies based on personal opinions and tastes. Um, oh, he said, or he, I'm calling it he. Whoa, Whoa. be careful. Is
1: that he, his, Whoa,
0: him? <laughs> I just is misgendered they? AI. Um, It included some of the greatest of all time, including Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Joan Rivers, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, and many more. Okay. What the hell? What?
1: Not Lenny Bruce. Oh he yeah, started all of this. True. Anyway,
0: I'm gonna ask it for one more. Okay. Give me one controversial but funny question. Let's see what it says.
1: Or then ask him. Tell me a joke.
0: Why? Why'd you just call it him?
1: All right. It. I, I, okay. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Okay. This thing is so, for people that don't think this is actually biased, the question, the controversial but funny question, is it ever okay to laugh at a joke that's offensive or is it always in bad taste?
1: Well, if you're laughing at it, how is it offensive? You don't think things that are offensive are funny? No, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is like, if you're laughing at it, how is it offensive? I think if you don't laugh at it, you find it offensive or you don't find it funny. That's the purpose of comedy. Yeah, I know. Being offensive. Yeah, like who wants to sit
0: around joking about periods and, you know, headaches and- Oh,
1: yeah, I heard about that yesterday. Stuff like
0: that, yeah. Okay, and then it follows up the question by saying- this question touches on the controversial topic of whether or not offensive humor has a place in comedy. So this was written by a 28-year-old college student who requires a trigger warning whenever she goes to class.
1: Well, what's her name?
0: Um, let's just call her oh, Ashley. Oh, so you don't
1: know. Oh, God.
0: This is AI. This is apparently oh, not a okay. human. And it reminds <laughs> you several times that she's it is not a human. Yeah, are we like, stereotyping? Is that stereotyping that, that we is, just did?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we all stereotype. It's human nature. Yes. That's
0: a thing. It's a tribal instinct.
1: It's you stereotype, you know. Well, I'm just going to say it. Go ahead. People who are woke are stereotyping.
0: A thousand percent.
1: Yeah. They could be racist, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I right. based on the things that they, what? Do you Ask want more?
1: it to tell a <laughs> joke.
0: Okay. Do we, okay, should we specify? Do we want like a dirty joke or just tell me a joke?
1: Tell me, it could be a knock joke. Tell knock.
0: me a joke. I don't care. Let's see if it has a sense of humor.
1: It sounds like it doesn't. <laughs> this is so stupid.
0: Okay, you ready? Yeah. Why did the tomato turn red? I don't know. Because it saw the salad dressing. Ha 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 ha. Saw uh, the salad in the nude. Uh, okay, give me a dirty joke. Oh, Lord. Wow. I'm sorry, but I cannot generate or provide inappropriate or offensive content.
1: They're definitely 20. It's definitely 29 years old. Yes. <laughs> definitely a
0: millennial. Um, Tell me an offensive joke. It'll probably come up with the same answer. I apologize, but I cannot generate blah, 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 blah. Well, guys, that about covers what we wanted to delve into today. I did not get to all of the questions, but as you can thank tell, God. thank God Dylan says we didn't get to all of the questions. As we can tell, there is a lot of utility in AI. There's a lot of really cool, just fun things to to try with it. If you are um, teaching at any level, I strongly suggest messing around with it with your students. It's really interesting um, to hear the prompts that your students come up with and then how AI responds. So that's a really fun little experiment to do. But we also must accept the fact that even if it is quote unquote artificial, it was sourced from millions upon millions of human beings.
1: And that's conversation.
0: Are, yes. And, and that that is, we are the epitome of what it means to be biased. I mean, we don't see zebras that are, you know, quote unquote, checking their privilege or anything like that. So keep that in mind. Everyone has a bias. We are all susceptible to making logical errors, rational errors, But if we can own up to it and we could continue speech, not stifle it, that could be a a wonderful way forward. So that being said, guys, do me a solid. Go in. Give me a review on Apple Podcasts. However stars you may see fit, I won't tell you to give me five stars. But as always, I hope this was thought provoking and we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.